Hello everyone, this is another episode of Gaming's Lost Memories. Uh, I am your host, Big Reed. This is episode 13, and we will be discussing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet first impressions. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of spitball this a little bit here, because I have been playing for uh, a few hours now, and man, <laughs> so Pokemon's obviously one of my favorite franchises. Um, I did a podcast before where I kind of talked about uh, Pokemania, you know, when the games first came out, the card game, like everything like that in uh, <clears throat> the late 90s, it it was just an absolute bananas time. And it, it's becoming more and more difficult to kind of articulate and to talk about Pokemon from like a, either a reviewer's mindset or just to kind of break down the franchise uh, in terms of, like, the games and how they are. Because, one, <clears throat> I think at this point, Pokemon is so much bigger than, like, anything and everything that trying to have a human aspect <laughs> keep, like, a handle on any of this. I I can't even imagine how you would do it. It has grown exponentially, and it's just huge. Like, there's Pokemon in media, like... Everything about Pokemon is somehow still popular, like, 25 years later. The games are still wildly popular, and Scarlet and Violet, uh, just to give everyone a heads up, um, it looks like it's going to sell, like, Sword and Shield, uh, but it's probably going to sell faster, um, I just based upon, like, some of the early reports that I'm reading. Um, so, the games are popular, the anime could potentially be wrapping up and just ended with something crazy that everybody's talking about. Um, the card game's insanely popular. Like, I feel like more and more people are collecting them. So, it is just wild to see, like, how large it has gotten. Here's the tricky part. <clears throat> at the core, you know, the games are kind of always at the helm of the experience. Now, I don't know if, uh, you know, the Pokemon Company or Nintendo maybe even believes that at this point. They might view it as something bigger. Like, hey, it's an overall gigantic brand that we just have to manage. But generally speaking... Um, everything kind of centers around the game. So like Sword and Shield, you know, just finally kind of wrapped up there, you know, a few years there. And uh, like the Pokemon card game, all of the sets were Sword and Shield sets. So now all of the sets going forward for the Pokemon card game will be Scarlet and Violet related. Uh, but it is so difficult to try to say like a strong opinion one way or another. Um, so I'm somewhere kind of in the middle right now. <clears throat> the games are absolutely fun. I am enjoying my experience so far, and there's a lot of things that I like. The games are also terribly developed. Uh, they are not well-made video games. I feel absolutely like horrible saying that, but I don't know how else to kind of convey that. Uh, you know, I was speaking with my girlfriend earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to do a, a podcast about first impressions because she knows I'm uh, a dork." She actually, for my Switch, she got me little silicone covers for my uh, my Switch that go over the joysticks and they're little Pokeballs. Super comfortable. Uh, but she, So she kind of knows because I was like, yeah, these games are coming out and I'm pretty excited. But it's just... you From the outside, having played these games forever, I'm like looking at them like, how is this... What is going on here? Because they're at the core of what they are. Scarlet and Violet are, like, still really fun. Like, I can already tell this is going to be... I'm going to have a lot of, like, fun with this game and exploring the open world and everything like that. 
And there's some enhancements that I'll talk about here uh, that are really good. Like, okay, I'll just jump right into it. So, for example, the first thing, auto battle. Uh, when I first heard about it, I, I really didn't know because I was like, oh, boy, like, here we go. Like, I don't want to get too far from the core experience um, and just have all the battles be auto battle, but that's not what it is. Um, so, you know, you're in the open world, which I would say it definitely feels like an open world. It doesn't feel like... Uh, sword and shield so sword and shield had like your towns tunnels you know cities and stuff like that and those were kind of like all broken down in little segments and then when you got into the wild area it was a lot more open but the wild area was like one little um, section basically so pretty small um, compared to a lot of other games but I, but I to be honest I thought it worked pretty well you had a lot of different environments and you could it still felt like open and everything like that but it was essentially like you know, one, one small section in comparison to Scarlet and Violet or like other like more open world games on the Switch. Um, I feel like, I, I really feel like Breath of the Wild is just becoming Nintendo's template for all of their games going forward. Um, and you get some massive Breath of the Wild vibes with Scarlet and Violet. Uh, but yeah, you have your open world Pokemon are running about. That's like one of the coolest things is... And I remember as a kid, that's, like, one thing I always, like, wanted was to be able to run around and, like, see, you know, the Pokemon just kind of hanging out and everything like that because it was, like, old-school JRPG battles back in the day where you'd run around and then they would randomly appear. Um, so nothing wrong with that. That style is, like, a, fits a specific need, and it's fun to play, like, the old games like that. Uh, but it is really cool to see them. Now, a couple drawbacks here with the world being open like that. One, I do think they need to release a patch uh, sooner rather than later that makes shiny Pokemon glitter or some some way to identify them uh, because there's uh, I'm sure everybody listening probably knows, but um, some shiny Pokemon uh, of like various species look extremely close to, you know, what the regular version is. <laughs> Uh, and that's once again kind of true in this one. Like I, I was watching a video and somebody uh, ran past the Tauros. So there's three of them, and one of them was a shiny. And to be honest, unless you were looking for it, you wouldn't have seen it because it was like a slightly different shade of black as opposed to the other two. Um, but you know, if a if if the shiny Pokemon is like one's blue, one's purple, yeah, you're gonna notice it. Um, but that auto battle feature. So if you press R and you kind of like aim towards like a group of Pokemon, you're you're uh, Pokemon that's in the front will just run towards it and do a little auto battle. So I, I, it seems like the game does a calculation based upon Pokemon level and like types and weaknesses and everything like that. Because if you send like the wrong typing out, your Pokemon might not even finish the battle. It'll come back and be like, it got its butt kicked. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, I got to heal you. Um, but that's actually a, a pretty cool feature. It doesn't seem like you get the... Uh, same amount of experience unless I'm completely wrong there it seems like it's a lesser value unless I'm just like completely wiping out some like really weak Pokemon <laughs> but it is really cool because if there's like a grouped up you know batch of Pokemon say there's like five of them uh, your Pokemon will run out there and basically fight them all um, so that's that's just kind of neat because then the experience share kind of kicks in and everybody gets it so that's really cool to see and it does give me massive Breath of the Wild vibes um, and even though Breath of the Wild was huge and had so much stuff in it, uh, and you would kind of, you would get some either frame drops or some like minor technical like glitches and things like that. 
but but they were minor in comparison. So the other kind of downside is the the performance, uh, which I don't even know if I want to talk about right now, um, because it is just to, uh, shocking to say the least. Um, but uh, maybe maybe we'll jump into it right now. So I I don't know how else to say it. Like the games. It, <laughs> Pokemon being as massive as it is, it's it's bigger than like anything. It it's probably the biggest video game franchise. I don't know what you would put above it at this point. Maybe maybe Mario overall, if you include everything with Mario, not just the main titles. But I I feel like Pokemon just it covers so many different styles of games they can release. Like you know the two last games I played were Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Unite. So one's a MOBA. So like. It has anime, it has movies, it has the card game, it has merchandise. Like, Mario's probably more well-known, but I think it just seems like, as a brand, Pokemon's literally in anything and everything. It's just, like, any type of product you can name, there's, like, a Pokemon version of it. So, I don't know... They would have to... I feel like the Pokemon company and Nintendo are going to have to make a decision at some point and say, Hey, we need to figure out a different way to release quality content when it comes to the games. How do we get there? Not, not do we change if not, we don't sit down and say, we're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. But as like a business, you need to sit down and say, okay, this is where we want to go. Does everyone agree? You know, and the Pokemon company is made up of three different companies. So Game Freak, Creatures, and uh, I don't even know who else. But regardless, everyone sits down. This is where we want to go. Can we all agree? Yes, we want to make sure that we release the best possible product that we can when it comes to the game releases. How do we get there? Because there's only a couple different ways you can do it. You can increase development time, which, uh, what, three years? Uh, for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Now, I don't know if the games, like, in between, like, the remakes of uh, Diamond and Pearl, if Game Freaks were making those. Uh, like, there's just so... Like, it seems like every year they're releasing a Pokemon title, whether it be a remake or Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu, you know, um, or, like, a mainline... Ta- or a Pokemon Arceus, which, you know, you can really tell, like, Arceus kind of paved the way and allowed them to experiment, but... Even Arceus just, it it doesn't, it feels like a spinoff Pokemon game. So, like, the battle system's entirely different. How you catch Pokemon's entirely different. So Scarlet and Violet definitely feel like your old-school, tried-and-true Pokemon formula. And uh, Arceus felt like, a, it felt like a side game, because, like, so many of the core mechanics were different. It just didn't play like Pokemon, which isn't bad. It still had a lot of really good things, like the open world, which Scarlet and Violet seemed to be a lot more open so far. Um, but a lot of like similar mechanics, like, you know, just how you kind of move around the map and everything like that. Um, catching Pokemon, I kind of liked it in Arceus, uh, but it wasn't fun when it led to like a Pokemon battle. So w- one thing I didn't like about Arceus with the open world mechanic was when you're like throwing the Pokeballs at Pokemon, especially like a big one. You know, you really like you, you're just chucking Pokeballs and praying the God to Pokemon doesn't get mad at you, break out and then attack you. And you're just like, ah, I'm trying to catch this like super fancy one. Um, 
but but you can see that like Game Freak is they got a lot on their plate with these games. And so I like like we were talking about earlier, the options are longer development time, which <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to do that cuz like they're going to sell when they come out, you know what I mean? So it's like how do you make it the best possible product? Uh, bringing other people in. So, you know, Game Freak working with another company or significantly increasing staff. But that's another tricky thing because they, they need something to work on. So maybe, you know, they have like 170 employees or so, you know, bringing in maybe either hiring additional personnel or bringing in another team from Nintendo maybe and just kind of like helping with uh, the technical things. Um I mean, I don't know because Pokemon is such a huge franchise and Nintendo, they always with their hardware showcase how, what can be done on their hardware and how things can be by just making awesome games. So it feels like Mario and Zelda is pretty much like your, your standard, but breath of the wild. It's like, Hey, a launch title for switch. I can't believe it. Like it looks better than Scarlet and Violet and it launched on the switch. But it's like, hey, here's this game. It looks amazing. This is what the Switch is capable of. Uh, even Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey looks absolutely fantastic. And I don't mean just graphically. So that's the big thing is like you can have a cool art style, a cool graphical style, but the games are polished. Like you're moving around like they're very clearly well-made games. And Scarlet and Violet just are completely missing that. And with how large the franchise is, it's just kind of surprising, shocking. Like I, I'm... I, I just like I'm in utter disbelief kind of playing it in that regards because it's like, what do you even say? Because at the core of it, this is a very fun game. I like I like all the Pokemon stuff. The Pokedex has been reworked. Uh, it, it's like they're, they're running on a school theme. So Scarlet and Violet have a school theme, kind of like a Hogwarts type situation where there's this giant Pokemon school. Anybody can go there. Um, and then, you know, as you're kind of like leaving the school, there's like, here's 15 objectives, you know, to kind of get you started, boom, go wherever you want, which is awesome. Absolutely love that. Like that is a, that is a great choice. Keep it less talking. Uh, there's no voice acting and good Lord, if you would have given them voice acting to add to this, the game would have imploded, but less talking. There has to be less talking in these games because you either say something interesting or you don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like if it's not, if it's not necessary or making these choices, I think that's another thing is like, maybe it's to keep you engaged, but Scarlet and Violet will, one of the characters will say something and they're like, Hey, do you want to do blank? And if the options are yes and no, it just kind of comes up. It's like, it feels so awkward. It's like, bloop, do you want to do this? Here's this task. And I'm just like, yes, yep, I, I want to be a Pokemon champion. And they're like, you know, the character's like, oh, whoa, 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 hey, I didn't even explain anything. You don't have to say yes just yet. And that happens like four times, you know, in the beginning, after right before the world opens up. So it's like, why even have the choice of yes or no? Like, it just, everything just seems like so weird when it comes to a developmental standpoint. There's a scene which, this is kind of where I put the controller down and was like, okay. Because at first I was like, yes, the frame rate's, awful there's a lot of stuttering popping in popping out um one of the things they recommend is to reset the game so save it turn it off turn it back on like close it out relaunch it because something was happening with the ram or something like that causing you know the frame rate to drop 
to be honest, even after doing that, I didn't notice a difference. Uh, but there's a scene in the, the beginning that kind of really, I think, showcases just the game had to have been rushed or Game Freak just kind of can't do the 3D graphics. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but from like a if this was any other game and didn't have the Pokemon moniker, I, I think people would be tearing this out like up so much more. And it, it's already rated, I think, uh, on Metacritic, it's averaging like a 75 or a 76. So it's kind of like in that, you know, not mid-range, but it's in that like 70s range. And the scene in the beginning that I'm referencing, the teacher's talking, and then there's like, you know, a couple of main characters. You Now the, the teacher is speaking, and their their character is like moving at an okay frame rate. Like they look normal, you look normal, your rival slash, I don't know, assistant teacher, <laughs> whoever she is. She's like the, the school um, champion or whatever. Um, like she's moving fine. And there's like a couple other characters that look like they're going to have like actual names. Um, they look fine. And then as this scene is like playing out and your teacher's like, okay, introduce yourself. The classroom's full of like 20 kids or whatever. And some of them are just moving at like five frames per second. And like they're kicking their legs and they're like moving their hands. It looks, it's one of the most bizarre things that I've ever like looked at because there's like three characters on the screen that like look okay and their character models are so much better designed. And then there's just this, like they're popping in, they're popping out, like they're disappearing, reappearing. They're running at like five. And when I say like a low frame rate, it's like shocking. Like, I, I don't even mean like, Oh, you're, you're running at 30 FPS and my eyes are used to 60. No, it's like, it looks like they're about to freeze. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, but I, I don't like know what to say there because they put like eight kids like that running on that model. Cause they're doing the same exact gesture on like the left side and the right side. And they're all like moving in unison in the same exact way. It's just like so bizarre. It, it doesn't look like it belongs. And <laughs> that was the, the point where I was like, okay, uh, it might be worse than I realized. Cause at first I'm like reading about things, like seeing some videos and I'm like, well, it doesn't look too bad in the video, but then witnessing it firsthand is just surprising. Cause like I, that, that is very clearly a scene that the developers were using as like one of the main scenes to progress this. Like, okay, Hey, like your character is going to go in front of the classroom. You get to pick some choices. Then you get to go explore like they're putting their, they should be, or I, I don't even know how to say this. Like they should be putting their best foot forward with one of these scenes. So if you know that you developed a game and it has some performance issues, you would find ways to like hide them. But like right now, <laughs> it feels like they made a game 70% of the way through and they're like, Hmm, it's not running right. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nintendo and the Pokemon company come around and they're like, well, it needs to release in two months. So like figure it out, I guess it, it's just surprising. Cause like a, a, a series this big and I feel like I'm, I'm harping on it a lot because I, I've, I've actually, I'm enjoying it so far. Like at the core of the experience, there's feelings of Pokemon and the, the feelings that you get from Pokemon that you, you know, get when you play the other games. It's, it, it's not a franchise that even with like some of the games that have copied it or copied the mechanics, 
uh, it's never been replaced. Like it's, it's just there. You know what I mean? Like you, if you want, if you want the feelings of playing Pokemon, you got to play Pokemon. There's just, in my opinion, not really, you know, a side game or another franchise you can go into to kind of scratch that itch entirely. Maybe a little bit, you know what I mean? But it's just, if you like, I don't have Pokemon. I want to play something like Pokemon. You got to play Pokemon. It just is what it is. But I, it's just so surprising that this is kind of like what they released. I I just, I, I don't know. Like I, I would imagine, uh, it, it's like building a car, but forgetting to put the tires on it. And you know, you're about to ship it to the dealership and they're going to get it and be like, Hey, where are the tires? Like, Oh yeah, we just didn't, uh, we didn't have time. And be like, well, I can't sell this without tires. Like, well, can you, you know, maybe, maybe we'll uh, send you tires later you know, like a DLC patch or something. It's just, it kind of like floored me today seeing that scene. I'm just like, like, wow. Like, I don't know what to say. And here, here's the really interesting thing. Pokemon Red and Blue are obviously riddled with absolutely crazy, like glitches. And you could probably play, I, I think you can play Pokemon Red and Blue without really encountering a real glitch. Let me rephrase that. Without encountering like one of the crazy glitches, like the missing number glitch, or just like you know the game breaking a lot, um, it, it's all pretty standard. It's when you start doing like loopy things is when the game starts like going crazy and uh, the coding starts falling apart. But a, a lot of the two D games, I think, are just absolutely phenomenal. So in terms of like the two D you know gaming landscape. I think some Pokemon are some of the absolutely best made games and best examples, like just in terms of quality. So, you know, Gen 1 and Gen 2, those are on Game Boy. Those are kind of special. But Gens 3, 4, and 5, I think are absolutely all like phenomenal. And with that like kind of graphical style in that era, you know, I think they stand toe to toe with any of like the classics of like the 16-bit era or anything like that. Gen 3 is arguably probably the best. Gen 4 is a little... A little goofy. I still enjoyed it. And then Gen 5, they had the uh, moving sprites and everything like that. And they did a lot of, uh, you know, unique changes to kind of shake up the formula a little bit. But then as you kind of get into the 3D games, um, they've just been getting worse. And this is going to sound crazy because, like, Pokemon Sword and Shield, like... I enjoyed them and I ended up like loving the raids and there's a lot that I liked about the games. But even at that point, I was like, these are probably like arguably the weakest entries into the entire, like the weakest generation. And now it's like Scarlet and Violet came out and just kind of like set a whole new example. Like, I don't know how it's happening. So I, I don't know where like the hiccups coming from a, from creating a quality product from a develop developmental standpoint like where where's the issue? Is it with the developers? Is it with Game Freak? And like they're just like, hey, we need more resources and we need more time, and they're being told no. Um, you know, is it Nintendo who is saying like, you know, we we three years we need a we need a new generation every three years, which you know isn't crazy, but you know, are is Nintendo getting the product and they're looking at it and saying, yep, thumbs up, we got to push it out. Like, we can't push these games back. We we set a date, and you said you'd be ready. Here's what it is. Like, I, I don't know where the holdup is. Is it the hardware? Like, I'm I'm just... It's hard to look at, like, Gens 3, 4, and 5 and the quality 
and design of those games from the menu sounds, from the animations, from the way the games looked, from the gameplay to all the Pokemon designs, like literally everything was just so like fine tuned during that time. And then you go into 3D and it's just like, it's like up, down, up, down. Like, okay, like this is, this is an okay game. This is, uh, I, I just haven't seen a game this notorious or a franchise as well known as and beloved as Pokemon get such a poorly developed entry. And I, like at the end of the day, I still think Game Freak can make good games because all of like the core Pokemon stuff, like there's a, a there's a good experience there. It's just I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just can't fathom, like, are, did they develop Pokemon Arceus and they were making them make Arceus and make the new one and the development team was split? Like, something's happening somewhere and, you know, only the people involved are going to know what the, the correct answer is here. And, I, I mean, I feel like at this point, Nintendo, Game Freak, like, somebody needs to kind of step out and just acknowledge that the problems are there. And even give like a generic business answer, like, you know, hey, we apologize about the inconvenience. We're working on a blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for enjoying. We know you're going to love these games. Or maybe they needed it out for the holiday season. But once once again, I think these games are going to sell ridiculously well. So, you know, from a business perspective, it's like, what's the point? <laughs> like, you know, we, we take another year to develop it when we can just release a couple patches. Like, what's what's the point? It was going to sold well anyway so if you release it and it sells 10 million copies at launch you know everything i'm saying is wrong it doesn't matter <laughs> but it's just I, I don't know it's just kind of surprising it, it left me speechless when i was playing this th uh this morning and today i was just like i wow like i it's having played the series for so long it's just absolutely like wild to see um so i, I I still have high hopes for the game. Uh, well, my hopes are tempered, but I, I still think it's going to be a good experience because you, you get your, that's another weird thing, uh, which it's it's nice for them to shake up the formula like, like this. Um, you get the legendary pretty early on, uh, not to battle on your team, but he's like a motorcycle. <laughs> so uh, in the beginning, before you basically you know leave the town, uh, a few characters are like, here's objectives, you get to choose. Like, it, the game makes it a point to say, you know, you get to choose, you get to choose. Big Reed gets to choose. Uh, but your your main guy who's on the cover is just like, cool, hey, I, I run around. And it, it seems like you're, you're going to be updating him because, um, you know, some of the pre-release videos I've seen, you're, like, flying around on them and they're sw uh, swimming, I think, and doing all this stuff. So yours just basically runs fast right now. So I'm assuming, you know, you'll be able to unlock, like, powers and stuff for him. But it's just, uh, it, it's it's interesting, you know what I mean? The concept is there, but I, I think when you look at a futuristic perspective on when are we going to get that Pokemon experience that basically everybody's been waiting for. So it was always like the 3D open world, you know, the Pokemon MMO, the elusive Pokemon MMO that everyone always talked about, and then I think it ended up just being a fan project. It's like how do you experience it in like an open world, like in, in a much different way? And you can do that now with this and Arceus, but 
I think everybody keeps waiting for Pokemon to kind of like stun everybody and just release an amazing game that's just undeniable and just like is a rebirth of the franchise comes out. It's getting tens left and right. And just I, I just I can't see that happening now because if it's if it didn't happen, you know, on the new hardware, which Sword and Shield were rumored to have been 3DS games or development started with the 3DS hardware and then it switched to the Nintendo Switch. Switched to the Switch. Um, so that kind of made sense because there was like... There were things in Sword and Shield where you're like, okay, I could definitely see that. But as far as I know, Scarlet and Violet were always being developed on the Switch. So it's like, when when are you going to get that, you know, <laughs> that experience? And it was like, well, maybe in the next couple of gens or so. Like, I just, I don't think you can keep looking to the future like that. Um, so I don't know. But there are, like, things that are really cool. Like, I was talking about the Pokedex. It's like an encyclopedia now, uh, which it was like an encyclopedia before. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's like encyclopedia books on a shelf. So each time you catch a Pokemon, uh, it has, like, a really cool entry and then goes back on the shelf. Um, so that's really cool. I like the auto heal and auto battle features. Those are interesting. Um, the Terra, it's terrorizing or terraforming, whatever you want to call it. So there's another new gameplay mechanic, and this is another, another way that the games have gotten a little tricky lately. So each generation now, Pokemon has been experiencing with a, experimenting, excuse me, with a new kind of gameplay mechanic and uh, this one's super tricky because they came out with mega evolutions i want to say with like x and y i believe which i think those are like the ones that took place in fake france um so a lot of pokemon had uh well i shouldn't say a lot but certain pokemon had the ability um, to mega evolve. So Charizard, for example, there's Charizard X, Charizard Y, because obviously he's the coolest. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, but I do I love me some Charizard. So uh, Charizard X was a dragon and fire type, or a dragon type. Um, and then there was, I think it was Charizard Y, I think he was just like a souped up fire type. So basically it was a way for a lot of Pokemon that, you know, due to how many Pokemon there are now, sometimes a lot of people's like favorites will are just kind of like mediocre to use. So it was kind of a way to competitively enhance, you know, Pokemon and giving them like a cool evolution. Now, I remember when Mega Evolving came out and it was met with like skepticism because it was like, okay, Pokemon are evolving again. Um, but it ended up working out because it was more of like a souped up version. Um, and you could mega evolve, I think like one Pokemon, you know, during a battle or whatever. Anyway, a lot of the popular Pokemon, even some like random ones, I feel like Beedrill, like there was just like weird Pokemon. I don't know how they chose them, but regardless, it was cool. The mega evolutions were awesome. Some of them were weird. Gyarados looked really goofy. He looked like just a fat fish, but regardless, soups them up, gives them some powers. Awesome concept. I don't know why they got away from that. <laughs> like, I feel like they uh, they just guessed right. Because a lot of, like, the past, like, what we'll see, probably four generations, right? Like, I, I feel like the past four gens, Game Freak is just kind of, like, shrugging their shoulders, like, guessing at stuff. Like, okay, well, we normally do this. This is cool. Let's do this. This is new. So I commend them for always trying to change things up. I think that's good. 
But I think once you kind of do something that's like a macro change and you're like, oh, this is a cool idea. Like we need to, we need to stick with this. This is, this is solid. You know what I mean? Like this can be used in each generation and it feels like that doesn't carry over anymore. So, um, you know, gen three did double battles. Uh, which generation was a gen, gen four changed something. Maybe gen three was, it had like traits like Pokemon traits and stuff like that. So there's been some enhancements across the generations that have changed how Pokemon is just played. And it's like such a big change that like you might not even notice. Like it's like an underlying mechanic, but it's like, oh, this was a big change and it carries on to generation to generation. Then for, for whatever reason, after Mega Evolutions, it just seems like they're like throwing something at the wall and then they just go away from it immediately. Which is, like, so odd because if you're going to do the competitive battle scene, like, you don't want to just keep changing mechanics, I guess. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe somebody else can be like, Big Reed, I agree. A Big Reed, I strongly disagree. And here's a firmly written letter. And I would love that feedback, actually. That'd be great. Um, you know, Sword and Shield had Gigantamaxing. So the Pokemon just gets really big. And if they have a special Gigantamax form, they have like a unique form when they're huge. They turn into like a 40-foot tower, which I always thought was weird because the Mega Evolutions, you know, like it didn't change the Pokemon how they were too much. But, you know, in those ones, they just get massive and their attacks are all different. So I, I don't know. Like I, I never like fully warmed up to it. I used it, but it's just like even one of the gym leaders is like, I don't use Gigantamax. And it's like, Dude, what are you gonna do when you're fighting a forty foot tall Pokemon and you're like you got like a three foot tall Pokemon out there? Like <laughs> it's just like Godzilla versus a mouse. Uh, you know, and that happened and now Scarlet and Violet have the terrorizing, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, another mechanic where you're just like kind of scratching your head and you're like, Okay, um why like what did we need another new thing? Uh I don't know here, like if competitively, maybe some of the competitive fans can kind of educate me a little bit better, but it just seems like here's one generation of this idea and then everybody kind of like plays around with it and they're like shrugging their shoulders and they're like, okay, next gen. <laughs> now all the competitive stuff you did in the last time have reset and we're going to start over fresh. Maybe that's what Pokemon wants, like the Pokemon company. Maybe they're like, listen, every generation, we're just going to change everything up. And then when those nerds start playing multiplayer and battling, <laughs> everyone will have to learn the game again, I guess. I, I don't know. But what happens here is you throw this giant, shiny, gem-like crown that sits on their head. And uh, each Pokemon has a, their Terra form. Or, excuse me, their Terra type, I should say. Um, so, like, your fire type, my fire type crocodile, his Terra type is fire as well. So, anytime he uses fire type attacks, they're enhanced. And it's really shiny and glittery and it looks cool. Um, but you, it's it's also kind of odd because like you throw this out and then they just have this like giant piece of headgear and they're all like crystallized and shiny looking. And then they use a fire type attack and it's stronger. It's like, that's cool. Uh, so maybe, uh, maybe as I, I continue playing, it'll be a little bit different uh, or it'll enhance and I'll understand it better or I'll play some competitive battles get my butt kicked and I'll be like, okay, this is kind of like a cool feature, but it, it is one of the oddest things. If maybe if they didn't completely knock it out of the park with mega evolutions, <laughs> which are apparently dead, like the Pokemon company is just like, 
we did that. But they're like, uh, they were really good and there's a lot of other Pokemon that could benefit from them. And it's like, nope. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't like it uh, as, a, as a feature. Maybe they just thought it didn't like fit well with the Pokemon universe. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know. It's really, and they did some of the coolest ones, like Mega Lucario. Like, they all looked freaking cool. <laughs> I remember when I first saw them, too. Every, everybody at first was like, oh, and then then they left us. And now we're like, please come back. Uh, so it, I, I like the fact that the Pokemon company tries to be innovative. But you have to, I, 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 always, I always say this, from not only from a business perspective, but just, like, in general. You look at two types of changes. Your macro changes and your micro changes. Your macro changes are going to be the changes that carry across the generation. So when you release a new generation of Pokemon, fans play it, and they say, hey, you know, it's really cool running around and having random battles, but wouldn't it be cool to see the Pokemon? Macro change. Hey, instead of it being random encounters, you're going to be able to see them on the open world and run towards the Pokemon that you want to catch. And you can, you know, avoid, you know, the 100,000 Pidgeys that you don't want to fight. That's a macro change. That's awesome. A micro change can be, you know, something really tiny. Like, hey, it would be really cool to be able to have the menu, you know, be able to access like all of my menus quickly and effectively. Uh, or, you know, it might be really cool to have the Pokedex be more like a, a futuristic encyclopedia like they can make those types of changes a, a lot differently and more easily. Your macro changes, though, they're going to be big. Your micro changes, those are those can be the small ones that you play around with, and those could change generation to generation depending on like what people are saying. But your big macro changes, like you know, Pokemon abilities, you know, how you actually battle, uh, like I just, I don't know. I'm going to do a part two after this, after I, uh, you know, play a lot more and probably get the gym badges and stuff like that. I'll kind of come back to it and be like, ah, maybe I was wrong. But as of right now, my first impressions are, I, I like them. Like I, I'm, I'm here. There's, there's something special about Pokemon. It keeps being special. It's just, it's just a little lost right now. You know, as a franchise, I, I don't, fully believe i i really think if you took every game freak employee and kind of uh you know sat them down one-on-one -on -one and didn't share answers and said you know how do you view pokemon uh where do you see the future of it like you know i, I think you'd get what 50 different answers and that's not good because you ultimately when you're when you're creating something or you're doing something you want to you want a vision you want to say, well, this is our goal. We, the, Pokemon is these three words. That's your macro, right? Then your micro is okay. How do we how do we make a game that you know does adventure, um, community, and you know blank whatever you want your third one to be. Um, that's where you kind of like hone in on the details and like what actually makes up the game. But I I just. I also think if you pulled them all completely separately and anonymously and said, hey, you know, what the heck happened with development and was this game ready to release? I, I don't think you'd get anybody that says yes. Um, I, I haven't I'm going to have to check. I, I need to see if Nintendo m made a statement. Um, it's been kind of like intermittent um, with responses. Um, I know. I was reading a post where somebody got a few people, I should say, have gotten the game refunded 
due to frame rate issues and making them nauseous and everything like that. Now you start saying that and it's like a medical thing. And sometimes companies are just like, well, we don't want anything to do with that. You know what I mean? Like we're just going to refund it, but to refund a game in today's day and age, especially digital, uh, I'm kind of against it. Um, I, I, I think the, the, uh, the correct answer is to have a demo um, you know, because I feel like if you have a demo of the game up, I think that you can say you did enough as a company to refuse refunds. Cause it's like, well, Hey, we always encourage everyone to download the demo, try the game first, make sure they like it. Um, but this is going to sound crazy cause I am fully for the consumer, but I, I think you have to be really careful with your return policy for digital items because somebody could play it, you know, and just play it for 10 hours and they were only ever going to play it for 10 hours anyway. And your game's a 12 hour game. And now you're, you know, issuing refunds for a title and basically, you know, that they got their, they already played and beat. So I don't know. This is a tricky one. So it sounds like Nintendo has maybe done a few refunds case by case, but I think that flags your Nintendo account. Um, and to be honest, like I do kind of believe if you buy a game, like you just kind of roll with the punches. That was like my favorite thing. Um, like people can always say, Oh, you'd rent a game. This is like years ago when I actually played video games a lot more. Um, but you know, Hey, you can rent a game. You can try the demo. I would never do it. If there's a demo as an option, I, I just buy the game and play it. You know what I mean? Like if it's something that I'm interested in, I'm, I'm going to, you know, invest the money. Now here's a, the flip side. If you're unable to do that, you know, you have to be more selective with your games. And now time is my issue. So I, have, I do have to be a little bit more selective. I kind of just play the franchises that I like or play roguelike indie games. Like I might do a podcast on that. I freaking love those games. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like it puts Nintendo in a kind of awkward position because it's like I, I feel like they need to announce a statement. But it, at this point, who is in charge? <laughs> like who is in charge of the final product that gets released? Like who is saying, yep, there it is. Boop, boop, boop. Let me uh, push the launch button here and release this game. Cause I just can't imagine. And I'm very curious too. Like when I beat the game is Shiggy going to get like an announcement or a shout out in the credits, or does he just get like a permanent shout out because he is, he basically is Mr. Nintendo at this point. Uh, but it's just, uh, with Nintendo's almost annoying uh, attention to detail and releasing a product that kind of can be played by like anybody, uh, I just can't imagine any high-ranking executive or representative from Nintendo looking at these titles and being like, "Yep, launch." So it, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Like it's just. I don't know. It's like seeing a family member make like bad life choices. <laughs> You're just like, I absolutely love this person with all of my heart. Uh, I love when I'm around them. Anytime I spend time with them, it's the best. I always give them a big hug. And then like you go watch them like, I don't know, drink all night. And you're like, mm, <laughs> that seems bad, but I still love you. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at with Pokemon. I'm like, what is going on over there? What is happening? What are we doing? But I still love the games. So it's like one of those things where I, I I just haven't played a game recently where it's just a technical mess. You know what I mean? Like 
It's kind of funny uh, because I did a podcast on like, you know, video game reviews and ratings and everything like that. And, uh, you know, one of my takeaways from having written video game reviews and I've written for a few different uh, websites, it's like the reason why most games like most big publisher games end up getting like sevens and ups or maybe even sixes and ups is because they're well-made games. Like they've gone through the quality control. They have a big publisher. Like the, the game's well-made. It might not be great. It's just like writing a story. Like, you know, you write a book. Well, most books that get published are going to have an editor uh, that, you know, helps the writer and basically says like, hey, fix up this. So like grammatically, it might be good. The story just might be kind of boring. And that's the same thing with like games. But at the end of the day, like, you know, a lot of those games are getting six, sevens, eights because they've gone through the quality control. They're a well-made game. It plays well. The gameplay is decent. It just might have a bo- like a kind of boring story or the characters might not be engaging or the gameplay, you know, is kind of monotonous. But very rarely now do you have a game that just comes out and you're just like, what the heck happened? This is the first one in a while. I'm trying to think of like another one. Where I'm just like kind of surprised. It's like I I mean I don't know I'm just especially a, a mainline game like a big franchise. I can't even think of one. I guess uh, a lot of people are comparing it to Cyberpunk, which um, I didn't play because I don't do. I have a gaming PC. I don't do too much PC gaming, um, and I have an Xbox One X. Uh, didn't have the PS5, but I I didn't have it at the time of launch. Uh, but but I think that game was so shocking too because it came from like such a pristine developer who was coming off the back of The Witcher Three, which is like arguably one of the greatest games ever. And they're just like, they released it probably like, whoops, <laughs> it wasn't ready either. But I, I just I don't know. It, it's absolutely fascinating. And you know, th- the biggest thing for me with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is, say you fire up, uh, I'll just use Pokemon Black and White. And you just, like, see those games. You're like, these are well-developed games. Like, wow. Like, everything, the whole package is just good. You know what I mean? It just feels like quality. And at that point, like, when Pokemon Black and White came out, people were, you know, debating kind of the finer details. Like, I wanted to play with my favorites. And it's like, well, they were trying to kind of rebrand the franchise and, you know, create a new 150 set of Pokemon and, like, make it a, a refreshed experience. So, like, you're kind of nitpicking almost, but with Scarlet and Violet, you're just like, that quality is just not there. It's just, like, so surprising. Like, being in that classroom as those characters are moving, it's, like, almost, like, shocking. It looks, like, unsettling, like, not only to your eyes because you're like, what the heck's happening there, but to your brain because you're like, something, like, doesn't belong. It's like I'm playing uh, a game in its alpha stages, which uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, there has to be quality control at some point. And, you know, when I do my part two and I talk about this and we kind of have a, a, an idea of the sales figures, we're going to, I really have a feeling they're going to sell really well. So at, on the flip side, it's like, well, what's the incentive? You know what I mean? If they come out and sell 10 million copies at launch, which is a real freaking possibility, uh, everybody buckle up. So if you're... If you're a Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, you know, I don't want to say denier, but you're really frustrated with the experience and you're like, this game's terrible. What are they doing? They're ruining it. I think you're going to have to eat, eat your hat because <laughs> I think they're going to be probably the fastest selling Pokemon titles. Um, 
I, I don't, I'm trying to think. It might be Gen 2, which was the fastest. It's Gen 1 or Gen 2 is the fastest. I could be wrong there. I'd have to double check. But I, I think it's going to shock everybody. Because the same thing happened with Sword and Shield. A lot of people were frustrated for other reasons. Like, ah, oh, this is annoying. This is annoying. Overall, I, you know, I enjoyed the games. I just thought the story got in the way of itself. And it's like, quit making me interact with these characters. that They're not likable. Um, you used a super effective move. When did you learn that? Like, bro, I got like level 70 Pokemon here. Um, but it just felt like people were, you know, complaining about that, you know, Sword and Shield. And Sword and Shield were like, really impressively developed in comparison to Scarlet and Violet. And people were kind of using those as the punching bags. Like, look at this open world. It looks so terrible. The trees look bad. And now it's like, well, the trees kind of look better, but the game barely runs. <laughs> so like, I, I absolutely don't know. Um, I'm going to do a part two once I've, uh, you know, completed, um, you know, probably, I'll probably just do all the gyms, uh, before I do a second one. We'll, we'll see. Um, because it's just been, it's been a fascinating experience so far. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I think it's probably safe to say that my three favorite franchises, and they've all kind of gone into first place. And, but, you know, Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy, and Pokemon are probably my three favorite franchises. Just off the top of my head. Don't, Mario, I love you. Uh, don't get me wrong. I still play your games. But those three just kind of always like fit my, my style and personality more. And I would say, arguably, Pokemon's my favorite franchise now. They've all kind of like shifted. For a long time, it was Zelda. For a while, there it was Final Fantasy. But I think Final Fantasy hasn't had a good game in a while. Um, but it's just so crazy just seeing this. So like as like a diehard fan who, uh, you know, the game launched, and I was wearing my, my Eevee hoodie. And I was like all excited. I bought both copies of the game. It's just like... Just like scratching my head confused, like, hmm, like, where do we go from here? But those are my initial impressions. Uh, like, there's good, there's bad. It's a confusing technical mess. What is happening? Oh, my God, our, our, <laughs> our, everything is on fire. Um, but I'm having fun. <laughs> it's like that meme where <laughs> that's that dog and, like, the whole cafe is on fire. And he's like, this is fine. Like, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there like... Yeah, this is this is okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself, and literally, there's just like fire encroaching upon my shoes. Um, so that's the best way I I can uh, <laughs> describe Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It's like a really pleasant dumpster fire. <laughs> so uh, I'll do a, a part two. I'll probably break it up into a few parts because I feel like uh, once I get to post game, it'll be like okay, here's my overall kind of thoughts and everything like that. Uh, but right now, there's a lot I like about it. And then there's a lot that's just like, how did this game even release? <laughs> Somebody should have pressed the emergency no-no button. Um, but that, that's that's where it is. That, that, that'll wrap up this episode. Uh, I'm your host, Big Reed. And uh, yeah, give me some feedback on you know what you're experiencing with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, because I, I would be super interested to hear some dialogue and feedback. But thank you so much for listening.